2: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: Well, I want to wish Coach Dykin the best of luck. I'm still a huge Colt fan and pulling for you guys. Looking forward to uh, hoisting some Lombardi trophies and excited for your opportunity. So, uh, for everybody out there, including... The however many thousand that signed a petition, which may have included
0: my wife and son, not exactly sure. But in in all honesty, I'm so grateful for uh, Colts Nation and who you are.
3: Jeff Saturday, former Colts head coach, issuing a bit of a statement on Twitter last night, yesterday. He did not get the Colts job. That went to Shane Steichen former Eagles offensive coordinator, now Colts head coach. We'll uh, talk to Howard coming up at 9.30. He's off today, but he's going to come in and talk about the piece he posted about his eventual exit coming up uh, at the beginning of next month. But in the meantime, we'll talk a little bit about the Colts here with John Michael Vinson, who covers the Indianapolis Colts for 107.5 The Fan. John, good morning. John Michael, good morning. It's Jeremy and Joe. How are you?
0: Hey, Jeremy and Joe, shout out to Buffalo. Thanks for having me on.
3: So, quick thing on what happened here with uh, with the Colts coaching search. The Jeff Saturday, I don't want to say experiment, it was a little bit of what, PR to get through an ugly time? Uh, looking back, while that was panned mostly as some sort of embarrassment, did it end up working out just fine for the Colts and getting them to this, this moment, this point?
0: Well, we'll see, because nobody really believes any decisions that are being made around here until actually one is a positive one. Getting back to what you said regarding Jeff Saturday too, you know what's interesting about that is when Jim Ursay and that was the owner that made that hire, when he made that hire, he had full belief that Jeff Saturday at that point, would remain and be the head coach at this point right now, meaning he expected better results. And obviously you get that first win against the Raiders and then things kind of just slowly got flushed down the toilet. But his expectation was that that Jeff could be the future head coach of this team. He also wanted some intel. And I never really understood that because that's why you have a general manager and other people in that building to give you that locker room intel. But he wanted intel from somebody like Jeff Saturday that he trusted about the state of this team in that locker room and found out some things that they really didn't like, some things that were sliding under the, uh, the reign of Frank Reich. Um, and that's one thing Jeff did, did find out. I mean, if nothing else, it was a mess. There's no doubt. I mean, Minnesota, Dallas, all those uh, losses come from behind style with the other teams. Uh, it was a mess, and he did not deserve to be the future head coach. But the owner did get some intel. It's a very unconventional way that he went about this, no doubt about it. But it has led to Shane Steichen. And uh, the proof is going to be exactly what this team does in the future. You have a fan base right now, honestly, fellas, that just – does not believe in the decisions around here that are being made and won't until we see better results.
3: How much of that is uh, lack of belief in ownership, and how much is the GM? I mean, the, of course, Chris Ballard's made a lot of decisions over the last couple of years. The quarterback carousel, is uh, is it basically about trying to find a little more stability?
0: No, there's no doubt about that, too. I mean, it does start with the general manager. There's, there's a lot of disbelief in the owner, too, because the owner had a season where he meddled, and he didn't normally. When this team is good, he's not in there meddling. Um, And I'm not talking about, you know, in terms of his music and, you know, you know, buying this and setting up his pop culture and music museum, whatever, and doing the tour and hanging out with John Mellencamp and all this. I'm talking about actually getting in there and meddling, you know, superseding what the general manager wanted to do in the case of Jeff Saturday as well, uh, because there was some disbelief, I think, in the job that Chris Ballard was doing, and that was rightly so. And that is a fan base staple right now. It's my staple you got Chris Ballard, fellas, going into year number seven. Normally, if you're going into year number seven, you have a hell of a resume to back that up. They haven't won a division since 2014. They've won one playoff game, and that was back during the Andrew Luck era, and it has been an absolute circus for the most part around here. And then the most – the most damning thing, I think, for Chris Ballard that he's going to have to prove wrong in year number seven is his philosophy. His blueprint for how you built a football team might have been good in 83. And believe me, I dig 1983, and I'd love to go back. But football-wise, you got to be playing in this era offensively. Ballard hasn't been drafting and playing in this era, and that has been a massive failure. So those are just some of the things this organization, general manager, owner, and otherwise will have to prove To this fan base to get them back on board.
1: And it's interesting now, right, that the GM and the coach are almost on different timelines. Like, I wonder, you know, like, is it wrong to even ask you, like, one more bad year and is Chris Ballard out? Because if Chris Ballard's out, then don't you start firing up the conversation of, well, does the new GM want his own coach and am I going to fire another coach after one year?
0: You're so right about that. And that was my point. My point of view was, all right, so if you're going to start with a new head coach, and we haven't even talked about the new era, that's going to be a quarterback. So you're going to start a new era and quarterback. And my, my whole theory on this is, I don't think Jim wanted to make all the decisions. I think he still wanted to lean on Ballard I'm not suggesting that Ballard is there because Jim just didn't want to do all the work. I'm not suggesting that at all, but I think he wanted somebody's intel with him because you had so many massive decisions coming up this year. So maybe if you know one or the other didn't have to be made, you know, maybe if they had a quarterback that was a little bit more stable, you're going into an era that you believed in, you know, maybe with a head coach that you believed in, maybe if Jeff Saturday would have beaten Philly. Maybe if Jeff Saturday would have beaten Dallas, held on against Minnesota, things could be different, and maybe there would be a different, directionally speaking, general manager in that seat right now. I think things worked out for Chris Ballard to survive. Not thrive, not impress, not by results, but to survive just by virtue of all the decisions that needed to be made.
3: So with regard to the future, young quarterback will be the plan, right? Jim Merce pretty much said that. I saw you know, anyone <laughs> suggesting that maybe he gave away the game, but who didn't know that
0: already? No, everybody does too. I, I think what it comes down to, fellas, is this now, is are you going to be able to go out and get what you want? Are you going to settle? And these are things we probably never will know. It's not like You know, the the coach is never going to come out and say, well, you know, when we are at four, we couldn't get up to one, we didn't have enough ammunition, so we had to settle on this guy over that guy. This is stuff we're never going to find out. But I don't want them internally to settle. If you have to get your rear end up to number one to get who you want, who you thoroughly believe in, who you want to lead this organization for the foreseeable future, then you do that. Now, maybe that person falls in their lap at number four, but I just think you have to go all out on this. You have seen teams, and you know what? You guys are a great example of that. You see what you like in a quarterback, and you, you just move heaven and earth to get your butt up there, and to draft that person. And I think to a degree, even though they're already at the number four guys, this is what they have to do coming up in the spring. You don't settle. You go out and get what you want and what you believe in.
1: So were Colts fans rooting like hell for the Texans to not get the first overall pick? How how big is that? I mean, rightly, they would not have had a shot at one had Houston pulled that out. But now, with it being Chicago and the rumors are, you know, it seems that they'll – move the pick instead of Justin Fields. That's got to be huge for Indy that they even have that that opening.
0: You know, what's funny about that is, too, I, that's probably one of the reasons why he probably would have been fired anyway, but I don't think that did. Lovey Smith, a great deal of great service when he ended up pulling that game out in the fashion in which they did and, you know, obviously he didn't get to number one. What's funny about the Chicago situation, guys, is this. is There's no doubt. I, I think that the, the Colts wouldn't mind if they want to get up there to try to get up there. They, in the past, if there's been one quarterback that Chris Ballard has been smitten upon in this myriad of old Band-Aid quarterbacks they brought in here over the years, it was the draft of Justin Fields. There was some legitimate interest there. And I think if you go back and you look at that draft and had they known that Justin Fields was going to slide in the fashion in which they did, they may have thrown – their hat in the ring and try to do something about that. Now, that's just just me and some intel that I got, but I always found that kind of interesting because all the rookie quarterbacks or younger quarterbacks we see right now in the NFL, it kind of appeared that Chris Ballard had the most interest at that time in Justin Fields. I'm not suggesting they're gonna get Justin Fields or try to get him, but it's just kind of I I guess ironic if you will that, you know, that is kind of a measure in which we're looking at this draft with Chicago holding the number one overall selection.
3: Well I, I was just about to say that like maybe it's not a maybe it's a long shot to happen but How long until the Fields to Indy rumors do get kicked up? I mean, Chicago's been – at least it's been suggested they could draft a quarterback and try and trade away Fields. I mean, he's done – Fields
1: did say they have not told him yet what they're doing.
3: That's right. And, you know, for a a dual-threat quarterback, Shane Steichen just was working with one in in Philadelphia. I mean, I, I feel like connecting those dots is not crazy.
0: Yeah, no, it, you know it's probably not too. And, it, it, and now you got the Big Ten Network guy, a Big Ten guy, running everything in Chicago. It, it probably isn't because we live in a world where really, fellas, sports-wise, there's nothing crazy in terms of NFL and what teams you know want to do to get you know what you guys have in Buffalo right now. You feel solidified with that, and in Indy, that had been the case for so many years with Manning, and then into Luck, and then it's just been all downhill since then. But no. That conversationally is something I'm sure that we'll have. Here's the other thing too. You go back to that press conference yesterday. Shane Steichen, he went over all of these different players that helped him along the way, and it was tough for me not to completely notice that there were so many elite level skill position players that he mentioned. And something that Chris Ballard always hasn't been, you know, that that primed to do. For example, in the draft, you guys got Josh Allen, and uh, we got a left guard here. So he hasn't always been that primed on that that type of player. You mentioned AJ Brown. AJ Brown came by by virtue of a trade. You know, Chris Ballard would have probably ran across you know the state of Indiana before he ever thought about doing anything. That philosophy, I believe, not only needs to change, but I think with Shane Steichen in here, I think it will change.
1: John Michael Vincent, one zero seven five, the fan in uh, Indianapolis. Are you at a point yet where you've got a guy? Did you, quarterback wise, like, are you becoming a Bryce Young guy more than Stroud or Levis? Or is it Young seems to be the favorite to go one, so maybe is it just get the top guy no matter what?
0: Fellas, I'm going to give you the most lame quarterback analysis take in history here. You guys ready? <clears throat> it is funny. Uh, I base my opinion of wanting CJ Stroud on one game, on that <laughs> Georgia game. On one game, and I know this is before the combine that's going to happen here, before pro days and all that other crap, right? But I base it on one performance where C.J. Stroud against Georgia, and we're talking about high-level athletes, not as good a defense as we saw in Georgia a year ago when they won that national title, but still a good defense, an incredibly high-level elite NFL type of athleticism and talent. And C.J. Stroud was running all over the field making plays with his legs extending the play getting out of the pocket making throws on the run all these things that people said that he could not do and granted i understand that for the most part ohio state quarterbacks don't do that much on the nfl level we've seen that in the past i know that he was working with better wide receivers in columbus this past year than the colts he be close to have right now on the nfl level all that in mind I thought that he showed in that one game exactly what is necessary for this Colts team, considering, you know, what they have at the skill position, considering what they have at the offensive line and considering how they want to move forward. And, you know, the, also the other thing with Will Levis, I know Will Levis is going to be up there at Kentucky. I watched him play a couple of times and I, I thought he was mediocre at worst, but it's not fair to judge him that way either. Because his Kentucky team sucked, and he didn't have anything around him, and they're playing in the SEC, so he's going to get his his butt whipped in that fashion. But yeah, one game I base my opinion on CJ Stroud is how he performed at such a high level against Georgia. Fair or unfair, I told you it was going to be a lame analysis, and there's my lame analysis.
2: I'll well, take
3: it, <laughs> John Michael Vincent, one zero seven five the fan. Thanks very much for the time, and uh, you know, good luck for the to the Colts and getting that quarterback you're uh, you're coveting at the top.
0: We got our fingers crossed around here, fellas. We kind of want to live like you guys are. I know you're disappointed, well, but can you imagine I'll seeing say, this?
3: I'll say this a, here. as a piece of uh, as a piece of advice. I mean, the Bills might not have had Josh Allen as their top-rated quarterback. They might have had two that they liked of that class. You, that's the kind of thing. Like like you said, you can never really know, but yes. sometimes you get your second choice. And not to say that Allen was definitely their second choice, but he could have been. Yeah. And sometimes your second choice is better than your first choice.
0: And here's what we know around here. We know what around here hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. Like people want to bring up Derek Carr for the Colts, and that makes me want to vomit. Seriously, <laughs> I'm thinking, where, where have we been down this path before? But there's no doubt. This this organization has a lot to prove to a fan base that are complete non believers right now, guys.
3: All right. Well, thanks very much, John.
0: You got it, fellas. Thank you for having me.
3: John Michael Vincent on the Western Hotline. The Sabers had that for very recently a fan base that did not believe at all, and they've done a lot of work and done some some good stuff there. I think people start to to trust them more. It, it does take time to re- repair those kind of relationships. On the Derek Carr point, you know, so he doesn't want Derek Carr for the Colts, and I'm not sure that he's a good fit there. Doesn't Aaron Rodgers have to tell the teams that want to trade for him what he's going to do as soon as possible? You're the Jets. You're waiting on Aaron Rodgers. And if he doesn't get traded, isn't Derek Carr your next best option? Who's better than
1: Derek Carr? Could you even argue he's the best option? You could argue it. I p- probably wouldn't. Um, but if it's not those could.
3: two, who is it? Teams- Garoppolo,
1: sure. And I Mayfield. Am I at Mayfield yet? No, I don't want that. I mean, Lamar. If he were to move, Lamar is the answer. And I'm back and forth on whether or not he's gonna be moved i i think i would still bet he is traded um so if he's traded he's the answer if, and if he's traded here's the thing ja- jackson man will move mountains this offseason when it comes to quarterback and like who's available what the best idea is because if he's moved how many teams would be willing to talk quarterback that aren't right now if he's not like, would Miami be willing to move off Tua if Lamar Jackson is available? Yes. Because if they are, then suddenly Tua is the best name on the market, right? And I keep mentioning Detroit it's my favorite idea for Jackson. Let's say the Lions trade for Lamar Jackson. Is Jared Goff now a better idea than Derek Carr? Or maybe they're about
3: the same, but he's another guy like that. I don't think the Lions will move off of Goff.
1: Man, I think they should.
3: They, they were like fourth in the league in yards. I know, They had but... a really good offense.
1: You've got draft capital, and are you ready to commit to five years of Jared Goff as your quarterback, or are you ready to do what the Colts did, where you got to go guy to guy to guy if you're ready to move off him at some point? Like, if I'm the Lions, man, I am. I'm good. I've got a good roster, and I have never had a Super Bowl contending team. I want. A, I want my franchise quarterback now. If I'm the Lions,
3: and you're saying if that's Lamar, they'd move yes. off Goff for Lamar. like
1: I would do. What else? What, what did the Browns trade for Watson? Three firsts. Yeah. Like, I, if I'm Detroit, I would call Baltimore today and offer them three first round picks. And if they want golf, so they have a quarterback, too, like, sure. But, man, if I were Detroit, I would be all over that as much as I can. The rookie part point, I guess, is harder to make for whether or not they should do it. But, yeah, no, Jackson is the name. But to your point about Carr, yeah, there's nobody else. He's going to, there's going to be a market, or, or a, not a market. There's going to be a bidding war for him, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Isn't he going to get. 40 million neighborhood 35 40 is the number that the Raiders couldn't trade him at, right? Uh-huh. So, but yeah, 30, 30 to 35 with, you know, bonuses and incentives perhaps. What does Kirk Cousins getting- make? Like that whatever that is. Although yeah. he makes a ton of guaranteed money, right? Yes. Something along those lines so that that's second to third tier quarterback contract, but and that's the, the whole, shouldn't, like the whole NFC South shouldn't shouldn't any team in the NFC South right now feel like if we win the Derek Carr sweepstakes we're the division favorite? Sure, Atlanta could Atlanta do that? If Atlanta did that, are they? Would
3: you pick them to win the Does division? Does Atlanta move off of Desmond Ritter?
1: Sure, who's Desmond Ritter? Right. Does Tampa move off Kyle? Tr- All those teams have like Tampa. Tampa's got Kyle Trask, but he was like last pick of the second round. Do I need to give the last pick of the second round a crack, or do I want Derek Carr? If I'm Carolina, do I want to give who's their guy? They have a third-round guy, don't they? Um, Yes. Don't tell me who it is. It's going to kill me. Those third-round quarterbacks from last year. Trask from a couple years ago. Ritter in Atlanta. Whoever. Carolina trades for Derek Carr or signs Derek Carr. I think Carolina is the division favorite. Matt Corral. Matt Corral. Right. Do I want to end up there? There'll be a bidding war.
3: For you know what? You know what would be potentially the fun, the funniest move would be. The Tannehill's not going to move, right? We don't think. That my T- f- Tennessee's been mentioned for Carr, uh, which to me seems what, like a lateral move. What but. would be funnier than moving off of Tannehill for Carr? <laughs> no, that would be amazing. I would love it I- so much. I'll be the first one to tell you. I am higher on Ryan Tannehill than most, uh-huh. which. What led to a very strange feeling, a conflicting feeling, when I saw this report yesterday about Derek Carr. Maybe you saw this? Yeah. So Connor Hughes, who covers the Jets, uh, there was a report about about Ryan Tannehill. Report. There's a feeling around the league that the Jets are much higher on Ryan Tannehill than some want to believe. Which is very strange <laughs> to try and figure <laughs> out. It's great so, wording. So ask yourself, how high do you think the Jets are on Ryan Tannehill? And the answer is it's higher than that. Okay, uh-huh. the Jets could go for Ryan Tannehill. If the Jets had Ryan Tannehill, they'd be a playoff team. They'd be the second best team in this division. Their defense is that good. Ooh. Their weapons are that good. Better than Miami, sure.
1: Put it this way: I still My- like Miami's offense. Uh, the defense I, is I, a big is I, a big swing. I do though. too.
3: Miami and they just hired Vic Fangio. Doesn't Miami have more work to do to become complete than? The and, Jets do. And
1: they don't have the assets to
3: do it. And who's the Miami quarterback? Are we sure it's Tua? Well, even
1: if it's Tua, how Whoop. many games can you trust he plays? Exactly. He might be a, he more than anybody in the league. I know the Dolphins say he's not more prone to concussions than others, but there's a lot of doctors that I've seen. They're like the Twitter doctors, so I guess take it with a grain of salt. But there seems to be a lot of evidence that you are more prone to concussions when you have three of them in 6 months even if he had no concussions right no he's still he's still one hit away he from being out for his career and he
3: is so small that's it that he gets thrown around that's the thing he is more prone to concussions because he is more prone to being thrown to right, the ground uh, more
1: than more than he's actually had them in a
3: way yeah. that other quarterbacks are not thrown to the ground
1: so can i trust him to play 12 games next year It would be a serious concern
3: for me if I'm a Miami fan. All right,
1: I'll I'll listen to that. Tannehill, I'm not a big Tannehill guy. I think him and Carr are the exact same. Like, they're different styles, maybe. Like, Tannehill's more play action. Carr and his crews played more out of the gun and spread it out. Right.
3: But to to me, like, their
1: production, I think they're the same person.
3: Here's a devilish question for you. It's unfair, but whatever. I'm going to ask it anyway. The Jets get Tannehill. The Bills make no changes on offense. Who wins the division? The Bills. Okay. I think that's, that's still probably right. They still won 13 games. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, let me ask you. you. You Tannehill goes to the Jets. You said they're the second best team in the, in the division. Derek Carr goes to the Jets. Wouldn't you say they're the second best team
3: in the division? I might.
0: Yeah,
1: I might. And that's my point on Tennessee. You're going from one guy to the other. Oh, it's the
3: same thing. Yeah, I don't see a reason to do it. You'd think Tennessee would look and say, hey, that A.J. Brown trade, maybe that was a bad idea. We had the best receiver in football. One of the three they, best well, receivers in football.
1: They might have done
3: that, right? The GM got fired. He
1: did. And Vrabel, the video of him at the draft when they traded A.J. Brown, he was like despondent. Yep. like He walked away from the table shaking his head. And if I have read right on Tennessee, he now is the number one man in that organization, Mike Vrabel. So they probably did figure out that was horrible. Let's get rid of the guy that wanted to do that and let's put – the guy that didn't want to do it as our our new number one in the organization.
3: Eight oh three oh five fifty. if you'd like to uh, chime in. Jeremy White, Jody DiBiase. Howard's here. He's going to come in and, you know, hang out for the last 30 minutes of the show because he posted his uh, his exit plan. It's like his piece at the Players' Tribune, you know? March 3rd, his final show. Um, but he's in here today for half hour, and then he's back in on Friday as well for, uh, well, it's not exactly a football Friday, but he's got a couple more shows left. Final show will be... March 3rd. So Howard's going to pop in here next.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.